Welcome to the Spring Hills podcast. Garrett Ward is back today for week number three back in again. our um, in our study. Uh, Are you tired our of me yet? Discussion. No, no Are one you said tired anything. of me yet. I no? mean, not me. No, I don't get tired of people. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I. Uh, this is this is one. Of, I like that we've done this. We've stayed consistent. Sometimes I've started different you know, series and it's hard to finish them. Kind of jump all over the place. You get people to, you know, commit to it. And like we did the spring Hill series, the story of spring Hills. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did four parts with Brett and Eve, but it was really hard to schedule with them to get them both down here at the same time. So one of them's just Brett, uh, like Eve couldn't make it down here. So it was hard. It's hard to, uh, hard to get series done. So you've stayed consistent. You've been easier. You've been more consistent on this than I have. Well, good. So anyways, here we are part three. Um, Again, if you have not listened to the last two episodes of this, we're talking about other religions, but to start off that series, and we are going to keep going on, not on this book, but on uh, just the topic of other religions. That's going to be uh, just an ongoing thing. So there's plenty of religions we can talk about, and I think there's. Uh, it's good to ask questions. It's good to uh, to know what other religions believe and to know um, what they get wrong. Some of the things they get right, there's a quote in here in this book that, uh, that he talks about too, where he just says that... Uh, um, I think he compares it to like a quilt patchwork mm-hmm. quilt yeah. that has like, you know, there's some different pieces that might be right, but, uh, overall they're missing the, right. they're missing the main thing. So anyways, um, so just give, uh, give a little bit of a summary here. We've got, um, this book called, but don't all religions lead to God. And, uh, it's by, uh, what's the guy's name again? Mike? It is Michael Green. I was going to say Michael Green, but I was hopefully, uh, or I was, thought I was going to get, get it wrong because I'm bad with names anyway. So uh, we're uh, we talked about chapters one through seven mostly in the last couple. We've we've really jumped around, but yeah. this is a book that uh, that Garrett gave to me, and we've been looking through it. And Garrett's been sharing with us some of his notes from it. It's very interesting stuff. Good book if you uh, if you want to get it. I think it's only like seven bucks for Kindle um, on it. If you go to Amazon and get it on Kindle, it's a good, it's pretty cheap. So uh, mm-hmm. not like a real expensive book, and it's an easy read. Short mm-hmm. chapters, pretty Short simple topic. To yeah. I mean, like he's he's not. He's not confusing. He explains himself well. So, good book. We recommend it. We are going to talk today about something that uh, that we found in one of the chapters. Garrett was saying that um, he doesn't fully agree with, so I want to make sure we get to that too just to, to point that out. But let's start with chapter 8 here, Garrett, um, mm-hmm. where it talks about no other great teacher offers to live with uh, within his followers. So, mm-hmm. the last time we had talked about what's so great about Jesus, right? What's different about Jesus. Right. Um, and we talked about how Jesus, the resurrection, which we are going to cover right. more of too. Actually, maybe even, no, 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 this will post before the Easter one. We're doing another Easter one this week where we'll talk about Easter and we'll really talk about a lot about the resurrection because obviously that's what Easter is, right? right. Yeah. Um, but we did, we started to touch on that last week. But let's talk about chapter eight. Give us some of your talking points here, chapter eight. Yeah, so the main idea, again, kind of in goes along with the theme that, that really uh, makes Christianity stand above and, and stand out from all the other religions is you know, the thing that we've been talking about, God coming to us, making a way for us, rather than man going to him, uh, but God actually coming down to us. But the, the idea that, that um, we have God and we have Christ who taught and who who— uh, promised that he would be with us and live with his followers forever. And so this is a big promise. No no other uh, moral teacher or leader promised to be with his uh, people forever. And so this is a, gr- a big, big difference. Um, and in John 14, 16 through 18, Jesus says, 
Um, you know, he's talking that the night before he's going to uh, be betrayed and go go to the cross. Uh, he's talking with his disciples and teaching, uh, warning them that he's going to be leaving them and then what to expect and what's going to come next. And so he gives them this uh, promise and this comfort. I will I will pray the uh, I will pray the Father and he will I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him for he dwells with you and shall be in you I will not leave you desolate I will come to you. And so what is Jesus talking about and and as we learn further on in scripture and in Jesus teaching he's talking about the Holy Spirit giving us the Holy Spirit in in His followers, and and again, this is a a, a promise to all of uh, Christ's followers that we will have the presence of God living in us and working in us, and through us having the power and uh, the ability to live, um, and the promise that G- uh, that God will never leave us or forsake us. Um, that that promise is fulfilled in here uh, again, uh, God dwelling in His people forever. And coming to to reside in us is is totally you know unique and different from any any other religion, and so that's why Michael Green points this out and talks about specifically the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because he because he starts to he points to some of the similarities between um, you know, before he gets to that verse that he talked in John fourteen. He talks about how Buddha had a similar group uh, of followers. Uh, Socrates had a group of followers, mm-hmm. but then the difference being the Holy Spirit. And then uh, it talks about what Islam would claim that this verse is talking about, mm-hmm. right? So it says right. that Islam would claim that, um, uh, and they believe, Islam believes that Jesus is a Just a, uh, prophet. a prophet yeah. sent by Allah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was predicting the, com- uh, the coming of Muhammad six centuries later is what they say that this is referring to, which right. Michael Green points out that that's impossible because the comforter was to be with the disciples forever and would mm-hmm. live within them and the world wouldn't see them, uh, to, wouldn't see or receive, know or receive him. So that couldn't be Muhammad right, or any other right. person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, interesting point there as well. Just that I didn't know that. I mean, I know there's a couple religions that I'm a little more familiar with just because I've had some close friends, um, with some different religious beliefs, but I know n- next to nothing about mm-hmm. the Islamic religion. Mm-hmm. I didn't don't think I realized that they regard Jesus as a prophet. Mm. That's not something like they even it even says like they uh they they hold high regard for Jesus. Right, right. But it's so it's still like that can be kind of confusing to people. Like, oh well they believe in Jesus. Right. And it's not like, exactly. well, hold on. There's some <laughs> other believe. religions too that believe that Jesus I think is it Mormonism that believes Jesus and Lucifer are brothers? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like they believe some, in the person of Jesus and that he was you know, existed, of right. course, but had different yeah. A different mission or a different uh, yeah yeah the holy spirit can be a, a really interesting topic too just because um when people we've asked uh, we've had people we did um questions about just the bible god in the bible mm-hmm. and we asked the question about where what wh- where was jesus like who did people if, if you now become a christian by accepting christ how did you become a christian pre-christ how mm. are people in the old testament how did they go to heaven right, how is right. noah in heaven mm-hmm. if he didn't have jesus to accept. Do you want to dig into that a little bit, even though that's a little off topic? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think they had the the revelation uh, from God, God himself, and they they had faith. You know, the scripture is, is really clear that they had faith in God, uh, the creator, and the promise of 
of God to make things right, to, to bring about restoration and redemption uh, to, to the world and make, uh, make things right. You know, they knew that there was a problem. They knew that there was a, a, a sin and separation from God and all, and all of that, and, and God had to make that right, or they had to make that right somehow. You know, they were, were seeking that out. Uh, but again, the New Testament really emphasizes the, the Old Testament people having faith um, and looking forward to God restoring, redeeming, uh, and bringing about a Savior. Um, you know, and as, as you go along, you know, you see the messianic promises of, of a king coming from the Jewish people, the line of David, to be a Savior, the one who would restore uh, the people and, and make things right. And so they were believing um, in the un, they didn't know Jesus by name, but they were believing in God that he was going to redeem the people and had trust and faith, looking, looking forward to Jesus, to the Messiah. Right. You know, we look back at the work of the cross. They were looking forward. And so it's um, retrospective, retrospective um, look on it. And so um, and yeah. they, they're looking forward. We're looking back. Right. There really is a lot of interesting stuff when you uh, when you really dig into it, and there's um, plenty of, plenty of places to to research this stuff. Um, one place that uh, when we do these questions, and I I mention this all the time, is gotquestions.com, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at that right now, just because it's like it's literally just says questions about salvation, and this page has mm-hmm. sixty, no more like a hundred questions on this page, maybe even more than that. Jeez, there's a lot, and it's just stuff that's like I mean, some of the questions. Um, that are in this book that he even starts to answer that we're going to get to in chapter nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but really cool stuff to, to look through. And those guys give great answers. Yeah. To things, so, yeah. And again, the, the, uh, going back to the Holy spirit, the doctrine of the Holy spirit can be confusing. Um, again, a lot of different religions have a different view of the, the Holy spirit or, um, how that, uh, what that looks like, how that operates. Again, as Christians, we believe in the Trinity that uh, three persons in one, um, all having the, the three unique uh, natures, uh, but one uh, essence of God. Uh, but so people can confuse the Holy Spirit with just kind of a impersonal power mm-hmm. or just some sort of your force, or yeah, a, your conscious kind of helping you, uh, directing you, and things like that. Um, but but we believe that it's uh, it's it's the, the the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, at work. And, you know, how the Holy Spirit operated, you know, is, is a little bit different in the Old Testament uh, than the New Testament. Again, this, this promise was uh, of, the, of giving of the Holy Spirit was uh, foreshadowed by the prophets, you know, that they, Isaiah the, and... yeah, the scriptures he references here in Isaiah, um, that uh, the Lord shall rest upon them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Um, and other ones, uh, I will give them a new heart and a new spirit. I will put, uh, I will put within you, and I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to observe my ordinances. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And now it's from Ezekiel thirty-six uh, twenty-five. Um, and so again, the the prophets uh, uh, were. Um, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, that's how you know we believe that God revealed himself to them. And so in the Old Testament, the, the Holy Spirit worked as a, as a power um, revealing himself to certain people. In the Old Testament, you know, the Spirit didn't come on every person. 
It was for special people that God chose to be, to use, mm. you know, usually kings or prophets. David to, and yeah, to proclaim His word and and warn people. Um, and it wasn't necessarily permanent, you know. The the Holy Spirit would would uh, go out and and come upon people and and uh, do God's work and the, and then you know then move. Uh, but as we see in the New Testament, it's a it's a permanent promise that now the Holy Spirit is given to indwell the believer forever and and not and not be not come out. Right. Right. And so, yeah, the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, we call it when we're we're born again, we um, we we're given a new nature when we're born again, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives, and He helps us to uh, to live to live by the Spirit. The New Testament uh, commands us, and again, we're not uh, to live necessarily by the law or by religion, right? But he he explains this a little bit too, and and again our pages are different because I'm on the Kindle version. But for me, um, just on the bottom of this page, after he he had referenced all those verses and stuff, uh-huh. um, where he says the Holy Spirit living within them made a massive difference in the area of morality and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So he talks about how the law of God would be internalized. Right. So it was instead of following you know the laws that were written on the tablets, the Holy Spirit is within us now, and that's how you feel conviction. Mm-hmm. You do something that's maybe immoral. That's your, it, that's why some people might say it, it's a conscience, but the Holy Spirit. So that's why, like, if you say, say something like, oh, uh, and this could, I could, I could probably bring up some hotter topics than this, but like, uh, if you say someone, uh, is, is living within a sin that they don't believe is a sin, mm-hmm. but they say, well, that person's still a Christian. I say, well, then why wouldn't their, their sin would be if they were really Christian and a Christian had a relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and had the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, right. then that sin, they would feel con- conviction over if they mm-hmm. feel like that sin is 100 percent okay and it's not a sin then i would say where's your relationship with the holy spirit then right because right. if you're you're completely avoiding the conviction that the holy spirit would put on you mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and this gets talked about a lot with people being like well can you be can you be gay and be a christian mm. you know questions like that right, it's like right. well here's where this argument and debate starts is where i would say to be homosexual is a sin and if you're going to tell me that you're acting out in, on your in homosexuality and that you're a Christian, I would say, where's the conviction of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. something that the Bible clearly states is a sin? Right, right. right. And that's supposed to be the work of the, the Holy Spirit, too, is to um, to agree with what Scripture says. And so if we have the Holy Spirit working in us and, and then we read the Scripture, like you said, there should be some uh, conviction agreement that the Holy Spirit is working, and and the Word of God, um, you know, doesn't contradict each other. They they should match, and so if you are feeling one thing, but then the Scripture says another thing, then it's definitely not the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, consider that that it's your your own fleshly desires or uh, a lies from the evil one, and so you have to, uh, you know, take the 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 convictions and then and then match them with with Scripture to see, you know, how how they relate how they yeah because you'll see things too also where it's where somebody some story where somebody says like god told me to do this right and it completely contradicts what god would ever tell you to do yeah as a a, because a christian and you just go like well then that wasn't god talking to you god doesn't work that way yeah yeah he doesn't contradict himself um he's not gonna have new revelation we believe that the the can of scripture is closed and and so we have all the revelation that we need and so the holy spirit isn't 
supposed to be in us to uh, create new revelation, right. but it is to um, adhere to to the Word of God and of what we already have. Right. Um, Let's jump to uh, to chapter nine. He does a good job at summarizing what the book had had uh, laid out so far. So just talking about things like. Um, uh, it starts with this. This chapter nine starts with just saying that it's ludicrous to believe that, it, or to claim that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's foolish to imagine that all religions are the same. They're manifestly different in their conception of God, humanity, salvation, and the life to come. Um, and then he also says that we looked at what makes Jesus so special. Uh, other religions try to find a way to God, which is impossible. Christianity mm-hmm. says that uh, that's impossible, and then God and His generosity reach down to us um, and then mm-hmm. kind of ends that with saying Christianity is not a, a religion. It's a revelation rescue and ensuing relationship with God through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that's where he says the patchwork, the quilt thing, it's best to regard non-Christian religions as part of, uh, as some sort of patchwork. Um, they contain elements of truth that must come from God himself, but there are elements that are definitely false and probably come from the father of lies. Who's great. Mm-hmm. aim is to keep humankind from the savior and that's a great deception right to have some of the truth in there so it looks really good the packaging right, right. is really good mm-hmm. and then just have one little thing or not, maybe not a little thing but to somebody might be like well it's just this is different it's like yeah well that's the yeah that's the whole point that's right the there difference. right that's yeah, the main right. difference um which is where you get the different religions but yeah let's look at some of the questions this uh in chapter nine the chapter's called let's face some hard questions mm-hmm. um so he says if is there any sense in which all religions have a common core? That's the first question he asks mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and again, there, you know, all, all religions, you know, seem to have uh, a belief in a higher power, a supreme being. Um, again, we we did talk about, you know, some religions don't even acknowledge God, uh, but the the main world religions do, you know have some sort of uh, supreme power that they call God. and Or so, a group of supreme beings. Right, Like right. the Egyptians have all the different gods mm-hmm, of every different, mm-hmm. the Greeks have all the different gods. And, right. And so, and then, then all religions do kind of base their worldview religion about uh, around basic morality, right and wrong, you know, encourage not to, to murder, adultery, uh, cruelty, um, things like this to, you know, make people, or, or, or have people have a sense of doing right, doing good, performing well, again, kind of all based around works and doing good things, uh, which again, we believe as Christians that, like you said, you know, we are given a conscience to know right and wrong. The law of God is revealed to us in our basic instinct as humans to know what's right and wrong. And so we would expect to see that, right? We would expect to right, see yeah, yeah. all people to have a basic understanding of what morality is, what right and wrong is, and agree to that. But that matches with Scripture. Right. Whereas right. you would have some some people would be Doesn't like, mean, yeah. you know, well, t- for me to be a good person, it's to love everybody and accept everything that everybody does because I'm not going to judge them for their... It's like, and I talked about this at First Wednesday last month, where it's like, well, no, you're not judging them. God's already judged them. Right, right. You're just carrying out the judgment, you know, if we're talking about within the church specifically. But it's one of those things where it's like, you'll have people be like, well... We are, and even even some churches, like uh, there's some churches that I know within the, I, I can't think of specific names of the churches, but there was a big deal about churches uh, beginning to accept some pretty worldly things mm-hmm, about like mm-hmm. letting their, having their pastors, homosexual pastors, mm-hmm, things like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, wait, 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 hold on. 
Right. What that's con that's contradicting the Bible. Off, yeah. You know, we're getting yeah. off track here. Um, and there's anyways, there's a uh, a lot of things that are like if you've got something that you see that doesn't line up with scripture, that's where you can really start to be like, hold on, what's uh what's this about? Now the mm-hmm. the thing about some of these religions is they have they might have the Bible, but then they also have the Book of Mormon or right, the whatever right. the I always forget the other book that they're. Um, uh, Mor- Mormons have three main. Oh yeah, Book texts, of Mormon right? and the. Uh, oh shoot, I can't remember. I always forget yeah. what it is. Um, but anyways, they and it's it's the that's the addition to right, the, to right. scripture that that's we're we're warned against, right? Right, right. That yeah, do not add any anything or, or take anything away from what God has revealed to us uh, in the scriptures, and so yeah, these other. Religions or leaders come and and give new information and and use yeah use the old take you know take the scripture and repackage it and then you know add on their their new beliefs uh, to their uh, to their teaching. But again, and then and then all religions you know have in a sense you know they may seem inherently good of of where they're they're trying to take people's uh, focus off of themselves and you know and put it on on others or, or, or kind of try to be selfless and, and get rid of uh, evil and, and, and greed, you know, and, and all of that. And so there, there is a sense of, again, morality and, and trying to, to do good, um, in a sense, um, pearl of great price, but, but again, <laughs> pearl of great price. There That's you go. the one I yeah. was thinking. Yeah. yeah. But again, the, the, still, the, then when you get into the details and the weeds of, of how they, live that out or, or, right. or what, the, what is the solution to all of this? Then you, you get the extreme dis, uh, differences that we've talked about. And, uh, we'll get into some of those differences when we talk about other religions, what, right. what they specifically believe. Yeah. So this is uh so when we talk about, um, how should Christians behave toward other faiths or how should Christians regard other religions? Um, yeah. these are also really good questions because you're going to come across people constantly that are of other faiths and you don't want to just say, Oh, I can't talk to you because you're, you know, you're not a Christian or you don't go to my church. That's not how you should act. So what's he say about those? Yeah. Basically he says, you know, the greatest uh, law that we are under is is the love of God. And we are to, to love, um, love all people. And that, that means to, um, to, to demonstrate, uh, Love and goodwill towards all people, despite you know their uh, actions towards us. If we're persecuted, if we're mocked, if we're ridiculed, um, you know we are we are to called to love our enemies, pray for those who persecute you, and and we so we show the same quality of love and care, you know, because they are they all are people made in the image of God. Right. Uh, we're we're wanting them to come to uh, the the true faith and knowledge of of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we are, we want to love and, and respect and honor them, care for them. Um, and Christians have, have demonstrated this, you know, throughout history in the sense of, of how Christians are really responsible for, you know, creating the hospitals and, and doing a lot of uh, missionary work and, and social work, caring for, uh, the lives of people when, uh, a lot of people would disregard human life. You know, Christians have really showed great care and dignity to all human life mm-hmm. um, and, and care for all people. Um, and so, yeah, and that's, that's even extending that to people outside of our faith. And so it's not, um, you know, picking and choosing uh, who, to, who to love and, and who not to love. And again, we're, we're to be a witness, witness to those people 
um, not to compromise our, our beliefs or, or what the Bible says. Uh, definitely we don't want to, you know, loving people doesn't mean that we agree with them, that we are affirming with their beliefs, but, you know, we're right. accepting them as people, we're loving them and, and doing our best to, to demonstrate and share the gospel. Yeah, the same them. as you would have a relationship with someone right. that might not be a Christian. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't have any, they say that their claim might be, oh, I'm not religious. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, then he goes in and he talks more about, this is a question that a lot of people um, would would start to question too, just because what's the situation of people that don't respond to the gospel versus the, the question after that is, what about those who have never heard of Jesus? So mm-hmm. let's start with the situation of people who don't respond to the gospel. And this is where we find uh, the part that we had talked about earlier today, just that you you found that you disagreed with him. So let's talk about that question. Yeah. And then this is, a again, a basic uh, question that a lot of people are uncomfortable with, and um, a, a big reason why people like the idea of all religions leading to God, it doesn't matter it's what, nice. because it feels good, it's there's nice. no consequence for your belief, uh, but or of lack course, of belief. or lack of belief, yeah. Um, but there's definitely, uh, you know, the question of what happens after you die. You know, what is the afterlife like? And again, I don't, I don't think we've talked about some of the views that other religions have. I guess we'll get into that um, uh, later on. We we touched on it when I did questions about heaven and hell with uh, with Mike and oh, got and, it. So go yeah, Brett. go back and, and listen. Yeah, to I mean, that. we touched on it. It's, mm-hmm, we can mm-hmm. get deeper into it, but we, you know, we mentioned it a couple times throughout. Right. That. But as Christians, you know, we believe that that definitely there is an afterlife, and this is the the one life that we live, and we don't believe in reincarnation, uh, a second chance, uh, you know, getting a, getting a do over or anything like that. Um, and and ultimately, heaven is again in the full. You're living in the full presence of God uh, with with Him, His angels, and and with His people. And then hell, basically a separation from God, and and you're in torment, agony, um, because you ha- have all a lack of of goodness. There's there's nothing uh, good that is sustaining you, and so you're you're feeling torment. Um, you're you're in a state of eternal agony and frustration in your right. in your um, position. And so he he does talk about some different uh, views of how Christians try to understand the afterlife and kind of um, how, how some people have viewed it. So there's the, the universalism um, position where some uh, Christians even, you know, so, I mean, maybe so-called Christians believe that everyone will eventually be saved. I guess, again, there's some uh, who believe maybe in like the Catholic church of purgatory where, if you die, then you kind of pay for your sin, and then you're able to go to heaven. Right. Um, uh, in that sense, um, I think I think for that though, I think you'd still have to believe in Jesus and accept him. And I think there is a still kind of a purgatory to pay for your sins. I think the Catholics would still believe in a, a hell, um, but I'd have to ask. Them. Yeah, I, don't I know, know exactly. I, I don't you'd know have the to look up that, that one. So that there is, you know, a universalism where. Um, everyone will be saved and brought into God's heaven, whether they want it or not. And again, this this is not um, biblical. It, it and you know Michael Green says this. It it uh, flatly denies uh, that idea, and and the Bible is uh, it's utterly illogical. 
And so he talks about, again, Hitler, would Hitler uh, be welcome into heaven? Would, would God um, allow, you know, any, anybody who rejected him and didn't want to be in heaven to eventually, you know, come, come into his presence and into his presence and, and be with him? And so, no, you know, Jesus is very plain that he gives people the right to choose if they want to uh, accept him, deny him. There's a, a clear judgment day, separation from uh, of people, those who are lost and those who believe uh, in Scripture. And Jesus talks and talks a lot about that. This is interesting. I'm just while you were talking about that, and you mentioned purgatory, I looked up um, just on got questions what they say about purgatory, and it just says. Um, so, according to the the Catholic Encyclopedia, purgatory is a place or condition of temporal punishment for those who departing this life in God's grace are not entirely free from uh, from faults mm. or have not fully paid the satisfaction due to their transgressions, which is completely in contradiction to what Christ would have done on the cross right, because Christ, Christ paid for that sin. So this is saying right. purgatory is a place a Christian soul goes after death to be cleansed of the sins that they had not been fully satisfied during life, which would be like, so Christ's death on the cross was only a partial wasn't payment. Enough. Yeah, it wasn't quite enough. You so now we still, still owe, oh, there's tax? Is that right. what it is? It only <laughs> paid for, for the non-tax? Yeah. So then it says, is the doctrine of purgatory in agreement with the Bible and not got questions? It just says, absolutely not. Right, right. And then it gives a really good explanation underneath it of all that. Yeah. Um, first of all, what purgatory is and then just why the Bible would tell you that that's not accurate. Right. Yeah. And then, so there's universalism. And then there's uh, annihilation, which uh, it sounds like he's not totally clear where Michael Green kind of uh, falls on, where um, in the Bible, when it uses the language of destruction or, um, you know, being destroyed, um, they're uh, interpreting that in the sense of, you know, human souls' existence, you know, cease to... Um, exist you know it's, it's totally destroyed which we were saying it's basically like no punishment like your punishment right, is yeah. going to cease to exist but that's that, your, so punishment, your punishment basically. is now you're telling people here on earth that you're not going to hell mm-hmm. that because that sounds that sounds terrible right but if it's just then nothing happens after you die that doesn't sound as bad well it's like well then why don't i just live it up here on earth and do right, every worldly right. fleshly you know thing that i can find that'll make me feel good here on earth right you know and be greedy and, and yeah. prideful and whatever and then when I die, I just don't get any, that's my punishment as right. I died. Yeah. And it's and, like, that's, to me, that's like, that's an incredibly dangerous thing to, right. to introduce that's, into, into evangelism. Right. Because, yeah, that just definitely determines how, determines how you, you share the gospel and, and kind of the, the consequences of, of our sin is, is just, okay, we're going to die. And, and that's how a lot of people live anyways. Like, Oh, I'm just going to live my life and then die and seek cease to exist. You know, that's, right. I'm just going to go back to the earth and, and die. That's basically what they believe. Yeah. What like an atheist would. Yeah. 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 There's no, no consequence. And so, so again, he's not totally clear on, on, on that position. He doesn't totally uh, talk about it, uh, but it does sound like he, he kind of, uh, uh, Leans that way. Leans that way because he, because the third view would be uh, the view of eternal t- torment, eternal state of separation from God in this, uh, uh, you know, agony and, and punishment uh, for for your sins and and not having a way out. Um, and so that's the the third kind of category that 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 people believe, and I think. Scripture uh, leans to and talks more about this eternal um, state of separation 
rather than uh, just destroyed and, and uh, annihilated. Again, you can still use the, the term of destruction, but you, you can still exist. Like when you see a destruction of a building, you know, it's destroyed, but, you know, it's still there in a sense of it doesn't cease to exist, right? right. Um, you know, it could be similar to that, you know, or just in a state of, of chaos and not the original uh, state that we are to be glorified and in full in the full presence of God. Um, so that's our that's our uh, our saved state. But right. our our lost state is that total separation from God, ceasing right. to experience all of God's goodness and and mercy and grace, um, and having to again have that uh, sense of agony of like yeah. yeah we we missed out. We know who God is now and. He does say, like, none of these flawed ideas matches up to the grandeur of the Christian gospel. So in a nutshell, it's this. Nobody deserves God's acceptance, but God in great mercy has made provision for those who trust him Mm -hmm. to be accepted through his sheer uh, undeserved generosity. He has himself carried away the burden of our our badness by his his self-giving on the cross. And so he is able to be perfect, able with perfect justice to forgive us and declare us in the right with him. Um, so yeah, that's the, Mm -hmm. that's the good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Good conclusion. Solid on the gospel. Then he says this one, which we, you know, we don't need to spend much time on this one because we did spend a lot of time on this on, uh, questions about heaven and hell before where we talked about what about those who have never heard about Jesus? Mm -hmm. Um, like people, let's say way out in, you know, the, some tribe in the middle of the Amazon or something like that, that no one's ever made their ways to. Um, but to, to close off this, let's talk about the last question that he gets to. I think it's the last question in this chapter where he says, uh, um, should Christians try to convert members of other faiths? Absolutely. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's that's our call. And again, he's uh, he definitely does not uh, uh, shy away from, from us sharing our faith. Yeah, he, he says the answer most surely, yes. <laughs> right. For right. a number of reasons. So he does lay out some reasons here um, as well. Uh, yeah, so he says, in first place, it is, the, it is the express command <laughs> of I? Jesus Christ exactly. to go to all yeah. the world and make disciples. Yeah. Second, it's the natural thing to do. If you have found Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. this is another thing with the Holy Spirit, right? To be rich treasure, of course you will want to share that treasure with others. Right. And then third, Christianity is essentially a missionary faith. It has been, mm-hmm. uh, it has been so from its earliest days. All the early Christians were converted from non-Christian religions. The converts had all been Jews or pagans. Furthermore, genuine Christians have always felt themselves to be under an obligation to share the gospel with those who don't know it, just right. as you would be if you found a cure for cancer. You cannot possibly keep it to yourself. So, yes, mm-hmm. evangelism is an, an essential part of Christianity. Right, right. And again, like you said, I think, I mean, that's a big sign in the sense of of how do you know someone's saved? Do they have concern for, for other people, their family, their friends, their loved ones, coworkers? Is there a desire to see more people saved and right. more people to come into the kingdom of God. And, and again, yeah, we're called to do it. Evangelism, you know, people don't necessarily uh, like the word and, and it's been uh, maybe ris- misrepresented in, this, in the sense of how people go about it. Um, but definitely we're, we're called to, to share our faith, share Christ, um, yeah. you know, with, with those around us. Yeah. And it does say Christians make sure to behave you know, courte- yeah, courteously and like, you don't want to be, you don't want to be rude to somebody. Right. That's not a good way to evangelize. Was Jesus rude to people? No. 
he asked a lot of questions was, to other people. You right, know, he, he asked he, questions. He'd let them kind of figure it out on their own. And some people, I think there's the, uh, you know, a couple of really good examples in the Bible that you could point to where he's having just conversations with people. Nicodemus, mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. a great conversation with Nicodemus. Um, and it's basically just, you know, Nicodemus saying, how can I be born again? Right. And he's right. asking questions and yeah. Jesus just answers his questions and asks questions back. And yeah, um, there's, and, there, go ahead. Yeah. And you don't have to be pushy about it. A lot of examples again. Yeah. The, when Jesus sent out the disciples to go, you know, into towns and cities, you know, he told them to, to go to people. And if they invite them in, you know, stay with them. If they, you know, reject them, just move on, you know, to the next person and don't, don't stay there long. And so, yeah, we definitely need to be sensitive and aware of those who aren't ready yet and are putting up that wall and go, go to the person that, that God uh, is calling us to. And, and that person that has a soft heart that, that maybe is, is ready. Yeah. He, he works this really well. He says they must uh, pay them respect of discovering what they believe and responding to that rather than barging in like a bowl in a China shop. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, anything yeah. else you want to point out about this book? No. Yeah. I just definitely recommend it. Uh, it's a great, uh, great quick read. Um, yeah. Again, it's, yeah. it's cheap. It's cheap on, I don't know what, I didn't look at the paperback. It might even be even cheaper on paperback, but uh, the Kindle version. ninety nine. it says on the back of the book. The Kindle version was only like six bucks or something like that. So right, um, right. not a, not an expensive book to to get. So a uh, good book if you're especially for somebody that's uh, interested in uh, some of these questions that this book asks. Yeah, and just for non Christians, non Christians. Yeah. yeah, so it's a cool book. Um, we are going to talk more about other religions coming up here. We're it's, it's probably going to be a few weeks before we get to that because we've got Easter and mm-hmm. um, the thirtieth thirtieth uh, year celebration that we've got coming up. We are, it is going to be lined up with the 100th episode of the podcast. Oh, is it? And so nice. I'm like, well, I got to, I got to do something big for that. Right. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I'm, pu- I'm pushing the idea of a live pod, Ooh. which would be fun get everybody in the room here and just interview Brett and Eve and do a podcast, but with people in the room. Yeah. Um, so we would record That'd it and then, cool. it, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it'd be fun to do something like that just to make it. Uh, extra special but we already did the story of spring hill so i'm not even you would probably be kind of repetitive but that's okay right um i, I forget half the stuff we've talked about on this podcast anyway but we got so. some exciting stuff coming up so you could talk about the vision of what's next too that's that would Part be the it. idea yeah. yeah so we've got a lot of things coming up uh, not just in the immediate future but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that are being talked about for just the the future of the church you know years down the road so mm-hmm. um all right dude well we're going to keep going with this right. in a couple weeks thanks uh, for I'll having bring me in brett and john and john barrett and all that too so all right dude